This video is sponsored by Game Toppers. Turn your own kitchen or dining room table into a premium portable game solution at a fraction of the cost. Hey everybody, welcome to the next in a series uh, that I'm calling What Happened To. Today we're talking about what happened to 2012. And so if you're new to this, I'll have links below, but I'm going back through the most anticipated games of that year, compiled uh, with Rick Vineyard and the folks over at Board Game Geek as the most anticipated games of that year, and then going back and seeing what happened to them. So today we're talking about 2012, and we're gonna jump right in. We're, there's 20 games in the list this time. We had some repeats last year, which I, so I skipped over. I don't think there's any repeats this year. Uh, so the first one, the number 21, is a game called Walkstar, which I have not heard much about uh, since then. Uh, so one of the things I do is like, you know, does this game still around? I don't think so. But this was actually a really, really hot game uh, back then. And I think I played it only one time and I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. It's kind of like if you played Undercooked, which is a video game. Uh, I think this actually inspired Undercooked a little bit. Uh, and it's sort of like, this is a real-time game where you're like putting together uh, ingredients and recipes and that kind of stuff. Um, I think Undercooked is like, it's been a while since I played Undercooked. <laughs> um, so I know they have Undercooked too. And I don't know if this is still around or not. I, I really have honestly not heard anybody talk about this. I, I don't remember really liking it all that much. It had a lot of buzz because it was something kind of different. It was real-time and that kind of stuff, which you don't see a lot of even today. Um, but uh, if you can seek out a copy and get it cheap, maybe give it a shot because it was very interesting and unique, different style of gameplay. And I think even today it would still come across that way. Uh, so that's Walkstar. And that's W-O-K, like walk, you know, when you're cooking, cooking food in it. So next one is number 19, Nexus Ops. This is actually a reprint of a game I think came out six or seven years prior to 2012. Uh, this is Fantasy Flight. I think Fantasy Flight did the original two? I'm not sure about that actually. Uh, but this is very much um, your, I want to say traditional dudes on the map game. You've got aliens and different factions and it's a territory control game and there's dice combat and all this stuff. This one I've played at least once. I might have played it twice. It's been a long time. I really did enjoy this one. It's a very fun, very quick game. It takes about an hour. Uh, plays, I think I played it four players, at least the one time I played it. I don't know that you really want to play it with less than four, because um, I'm not sure it solves the kind of the generic three-player problem in this style of game. I don't even know if it supports two, but it's fun. It's a very quick, dudes on a map, take over territory, you know, get your different factions and upgrade them and all that stuff and build buildings and send out units. It's fun, it's quick, it's good. It's just really snappy, easy breezy game. If you think of it, it's like StarCraft, the board game, although I know there is a StarCraft board game. Um, it's, you know, it gives you that kind of vibe though. Um, the other one that would say that kind of came out and me is sort of improved on it. Oh God, I'm having a brain fart. Somebody's going to hate me for not remembering the name of this game. It came out from Portal Games a couple years later. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that. This is like that. It's a little simpler than that one, but I, I did like it. And I think, I think you can still find this one in print, it might be a little difficult. I don't think it comes back in print often, but I think it's popular enough that it has come back a few times. But it's good. There's, you know, there's better games probably uh, in the dudes of the map thing. But it's, I like this one. It's quick and easy, and it's super. You know, one hour. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> it's fun. That's all I know. Um, number eighteen, yeah, Galaxy Trucker, the big expansion. So this is obviously 
like the big box version of Galaxy Trucker. Uh, Galaxy Trucker's still been around. There's been new additions and new expansions and all that stuff, even to th this day. Um, it is a game that I, it's okay, you know, it's fun. Like, I, I play it once in a while. Like, it just, I don't know. Like, it just, to me, it wears out as welcome by the time I'm done. And it's like, yeah, that, it's like really fun. And then at the end, you're like, okay, this is, this is over. <laughs> That's just my experience. I know a lot of people love the game. Um, you know, and I kind of like it. It's not something I would like turn my nose up or whatever you want to say. Um, but yeah, it's still around. Obviously, it still gets into print. People really enjoy it. Uh, so this is one that I think people were rightly enthused about because it's definitely still around. That's number 18. Um, if you're not familiar with Galaxy Trucker, I think anybody watching this video would be. You go look it up. It's another kind of real-time game, actually. Um, number 17 here is Virgin Queen. This is a huge six-player war game from GMT. Uh, it's actually kind of a follow-up to another big, huge war game from GMT called Here I Stand. Uh, and these are car-driven war games. Um, not like Twilight Struggle, but, you know, you play cards and you move your troops around and you manage your uh, economies and religions and all that fun stuff. I have not played either of these games. Um, they're just, you know, something that my group would not be into necessarily. I mean, I mean, I think if we, we, they would be, I mean, we could probably get six people together to play it and just, it's just like, you got to put in the time and the effort and the lots of rules and they're very, very complex. They look really neat. You know, it's kind of this big, almost like Civ level type of, uh, experience there with these different empires and stuff like that. Uh, it's just a big beefy game. I think these are still in print here. I stand and version queen. Um, I have heard some debate about which one is actually better. Um, just, you know, out of curiosity, when I've looked online, I think there is some debate. You know, Virgin Queen is kind of a reimagined Here I Stand, which I think uh, Virgin Queen kind of takes place after Here I Stand, from what I remember. Could be wrong about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so th this one is, I think, it's still around, still kicking. You know, obviously, it's kind of, kind of its niche because it's just, you're going to be hard pressed to find six people that want to spend six hours, you know, playing this game. Uh, so that's number 17. Number 16 is Quarriers, Quarmageddon. I think this is the, I want to say it's the second expansion for Quarriers. Um, Quarriers was a little bit of a flash in the pan. It was, it was kind of big for a couple of years. Um, I was one of the detractors. Uh, I remember playing it at Gen Con. I played it five times at Gen Con. I distinctly remember. And I remember each play I played of it, it got progressively less and less fun. <laughs> Uh, Quarters is one of the first, or is the first, like, dice deck building game. So it's a dice builder. So you would take dice in a bag, pull them out, roll them, get new dice. As you sort of, like, defeated creatures or bought cards, you would get extra dice in your bag. So then you could, you know, improve your deck of dice, your bag of dice, and roll them and, and get victory points that way. So it's like a deck building game, but with dice. Um, and then they had the Marvel one that came out, which I can't remember. That one I did enjoy. There were some changes to that one that were fun. I kind of would like the theme. Quarriers was just like, it was like random fantasy stuff all mashed together. And I really did not enjoy my, my time of that. And, you know, whatever. It's not around anymore, really. So I mean, it might be. I, I don't know. My, my God, like, I'm sort of predisposed not to pay attention to it. So I don't think it's around anymore. Like I said, I didn't really enjoy it. I know people that really did like it, though. Um, and I remember saying to one reviewer, you tricked me. <laughs> you said this game was like the game of the year. And I was like, this is not <laughs> the 
game of the year at all. I will not name the reviewer's name ever. But I was like, you were wrong about this. <laughs> this is why I do what I do, because you're wrong. And <laughs> I'm going to set people straight. No, I'm teasing. But, you know, people always disagree. I was like, yeah, this is not fun. All right, number 16. Number 15, Star Wars X-Wing, a miniatures game. And, um, yeah, so this was, I didn't even, honestly, I don't know how this got on here. Because this is, it came out in 2012 at Gen Con. I don't remember hearing about it. And maybe I was not clued into sort of the rumors and the buzz as much as I thought it was back then. Um, I remember showing up to Gen Con and being like, what is this? This is crazy. And I came out of that Gen Con and was like, this is like going to just be, you know, amazing. It's just great. And the game is still around. I mean, uh, Fantasy Flight doesn't own it anymore, right? They, uh, was it Atomic Mass now has all of those Star Wars miniature games, but it's still around. It's got a new edition. They've come out with hundreds of ships. I think it's hundreds, hundreds of ships and stuff. They're pre-painted Star Wars ships and the tactical space combat. And I think there's still a decent sized scene for it. You know, I know tons of people that, well, I don't know them, but I've you know read about tons of people going in and, you know, buying all the stuff for it. And it's really fun and it's quick and great and there's lots of tournaments and all that stuff and I, I remember watching a tournament one time on like twitch or something years ago it was like the first or second like world championship of it and it was really well done like narrated and stuff and commentated and uh, all that stuff and it was like ah, this is a really good game you know just seeing kind of the level of thought and everything that everybody was putting into all their moves and everything really really cool and this one's just i mean it's been around forever uh, so that's number 15. Uh, number 14 is Goa. This is a reprint uh, from an earlier edition of Goa. Uh, this is, I believe, a Rudiger Dorn design. I think Z-Man was the one reprinting it here. I think they had the original printing as well. And Goa is kind of a very sort of abstract auction game. Uh, I think it's probably still in print, kind of, like almost. Uh, Z-Man's a little tough to kind of keep things in print sometimes i mean they, they i think they leave some lag time between print runs you know they kind of like get the print run out you know people are excited about it because it's been around for a while then they kind of let it die and simmer down and kind of build momentum again uh you know not with every game this is a game i played a few times i really enjoyed it uh it's good um i would recommend if you like some of these kind of drier themed euros with a little bit of auctions and stuff this is a great one for that uh you don't see a lot of games with auctions these days really uh, I think we're, 2012, we were really on the decline of the auction. The auction was big in the late 90s and in the, uh, the early 2000s. I think people got kind of burned out on it. Because um, I had it explained to me one time, auction's kind of a design crutch. It's like, I mean, not always, but it can be felt that way because it's like, well, let's just make them auction for it. And they got to figure out how powerful the thing is. <laughs> you know, that they're bidding for. They're the, they're the ones bidding, you know. And that can be fun. I, I do like an auction game, but... Uh, once you play a couple of them, it's like, yeah, okay, auctions, I've done that. So, But this is a good one. This is a neat one. It's got some interesting sort of spatial mechanics and stuff. Uh, I recommend folks look at it. Uh, number 13 is uh, Caverna the Cave Farmers. I still have that one on my shelf. actually picked up the expansion for it, the, uh, the elf folk one. Haven't played with that yet. I picked that up kind of during pandemic times and just... Uh, uh, I wanted to play solo with some of those, you know, new characters and stuff like that. Uh, I haven't had a chance to do that, but I still really enjoy playing Caverna. Um, I would play just about any player count, probably up to four or five. I don't know that I'd play like a seven-player game of it. It's kind of a reimagined um, uh, Agricola, but different. There's no cards that you draft. I'm sure a lot of people know this, but it's got lots of buildings and caves, buildings and different, you know, 
economies and stuff that you can do. You can carve out your uh, wilderness outside the cave and all that stuff. Really good game. Probably my favorite Rosenberg game, I think it is. I really enjoy it. I probably get this just a slight notch above Agricola, but you know, they're kind of the same, you know, definitely brother and sister or whatever. Um, I recommend it. Definitely take a look at it. It's just fun. Like I just, I like having all the buildings out there and just picking and choosing and just having fun and being like, Oh, who won? Who cares? I don't know. I had fun. <laughs> that's that kind of game. So that's 13. Number 12 is dominant species, the card game. Um, and this is kind of the, you know, obviously the card game follow-up to Dominant Species, which came out a couple of years prior, I believe two years prior. Uh, this one, uh, I hated it. I think most everybody hated it. It's This is not a good game at all, um, unfortunate to say. Uh, Chad Jensen's made plenty of games I love, so I, I feel okay saying that. Uh, this is just not a good game. It's just really boring and it sucks. <laughs> this is terrible. Um, I was disappointed in this one because I was like, ooh, cool, because I like card games. I love cards. If you watch the channel, anything with cards, I'm like, I'm in. Let me see what, see what I can do. Um, this is terrible. It's just not a good game. I do not recommend folks pick this up even to out of curiosity. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's number 12, and it's obviously gone away and all that stuff. So number 11, a little bit of a repeat, but I'm going to include it. It's Glory to Rome Black Box Edition. Uh, a couple of videos ago for the 2010, we had the kind of the new kind of uh, official first edition with all of the quote-unquote crappy art um, for Glory to Rome. Now this is the Black Box Edition, and this is what has kind of killed the game off because there's just a lot of trouble with the Kickstarter, with the licensing and agreements and all that stuff and it's really just kind of killed the game i did not like how the U, ui looked and the graphic design it didn't did not appreciate it at all i am happy that i have the original one that i do um people do like the black box edition they think i'm crazy for um you know not liking it i will agree the characters in the art is very like clip art on the original one fine the graphic design and everything is very easy to parse and interpret this is just maybe because I'm used to the other one. I just didn't. I was like, eh, I don't need this. I got the original. Um, and, you know, poo on this thing because it uh, killed the game. <laughs> it's not in print anymore. If somebody were able to wrangle this license down and pin the designer down and say, let me print this thing and do it right, then I think we'd be all in much better shape. Uh, okay, so that's number 11. And number 10 is Alien Frontiers Factions. Um, it's another Alien Frontiers expansion. Still doing really, really well, really popular. I don't think I've played with this one. I don't think I've played with any Alien Frontiers factions uh, that I can think of. I feel like I have. I've played Alien Frontiers a few times, but it's been sporadically over the years. Uh, I'm kind of repeating myself over the last couple of videos because it's shown up on those. It's a good game. Not, not my favorite. I found it a little bit boring, but I, not enough to say... I, I would say it's not a good game. I think it is a good game, uh, but a lot of other people really enjoy it more than me. And I think you can still get this. I'm not sure who's got, again, licensing issues back then uh, with uh, Myriad Games or Game Salute or whatever it is now. Um, and for I think they still print it though. I think you can still find it readily. I'm not 100% sure. I would recommend at least trying Alien Frontiers. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give it that, more than that. That's a good game. That's number 10. Uh, number nine is D-Day Dice, another awful game terrible game um i remember getting this and having like the whole I, I think it was the all-in it was it was a lot of the kickstarter stuff i didn't actually get it off there i got it from somebody else i think i traded for it or something 
um, and being super excited because it's like oh, it's a quick war game. It's got dice and it's got a nice little looks like a very elegant kind of spatial element and all this, and it just does not work. It does not work for me at all. And I don't think it works for. I, I, I just if somebody tried to convince me that they thought it was good, I would be why. <laughs> I just did not care for D Day dice whatsoever. Okay, and it, you do not hear about it. I believe there's some licensing things or some weirdnesses with the company that did it on a Kickstarter. I don't remember if it was that one that ran away with money or something. I think there's some there's a taint on this game um, that I, I think is 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 no good. The game is not good, and I think the company that made it. Mm, I don't want to get sued for libel, but I think there's some problems there. I'm not sure. Um, let's see. Okay, that's number nine. Number eight is the second edition of Descent which we just saw kind of, quote-unquote, the third edition come out last year. Uh, so second edition ran strong right up until probably uh, into last year, and maybe the year before was kind of started you know, to fade off. Uh, I have played Descent second edition. I played a couple games of kind of the normal game, and I played the um, uh, Horde mode. I can't remember what it's called. With the app, you know, you can play, kind of play solo. Did not like that. Do not like that or Imperial Assault app, just do not like that. It's not fun. It just, I have a lot of issues with some of the design choices for that. I do really like the third edition, uh, Legends of the Dark. I love the app for that. That's a whole different ballgame there. Um, but yeah, the, the kind of the basic game of Descent, it's cool. It's, it's just your normal kind of hero quest type of thing, but you know, a little bit more modern where you've got the adversary playing the cards, the overlord, and uh, the characters are playing through the quest. And you, you, know, you have the characters that go through this campaign. And it's really cool. I never played through the complete campaign of Descent. I did play through Imperial Assault. Um, it's kind of the same idea. You know, you go through like 12 games of it and then you get, uh, they, they level up and all this stuff. And it's, it's a little more of a competitive style game and less of a storytelling game than like maybe Hero Quest or Dungeons and Dragons and stuff is. But it's cool. It's got its own kind of thing there, and the the adversarial player can play antagonistically to the players. You're still going to progress through the campaign, progress through the story, and then have an outcome at the end in a role playing sense, right? You're going to have somebody win, somebody lose. Um, I can speak to my experience with Imperial Assault. I remember we played. I don't remember how many games because you can kind of have side quests in that one. Um, probably about twelve games. And I lost as the Overlord player, the Imperial player, most of the games. I think I won a total of three, maybe four games out of the 12. But I won the last one. <laughs> that means I won the whole thing. In case any of those jokers are watching, you think Luke can somehow force choke Vader. <laughs> anyway, the inside story. But uh, yeah, I did win that one. <laughs> I did win the campaign. So. You know, you can play. It's, it, but it, you know, it's a fun thing. You know, Descent. I liked it. It's a good game. I mean, Second Edition's not around. You know, they're, they've moved on to Legends of the Dark. You can probably find some of this stuff online. And I think if if that kind of sounds fun to you, I would definitely pick up some of this and maybe an expansion or two. It's a fun game. Uh, number seven is uh, Wiz War. This is a reprint of. Um, gosh, I think I don't. I think it came out in the nineties. I'm not sure. Uh, this is a uh, Tom Jolly design, I think, did this one. Yeah, Tom Jolly did this, I think. And uh, it's kind of a smash, a mare trash, you know, crazy chaotic powers, mages running around a map kind of thing. I've never played it. I've wanted to play it. Um, I like a game called Mage Wars, which is similar. I think it's probably less chaotic, Mage Wars, than Wiz War. 
because uh, I think this is one of those where like random stuff can kind of come out and it, it kind of has some of those old school 80s 90s tropes of game design where it's like hey look at this chaotic thing that happened um, that's kind of my impression of it uh, it's still around um, there's been some other games come out recently kind of in this vibe so I think people really like this kind of just fun wizards run around zapping each other kind of thing and I think this one is still oh this is 8th edition yeah this is, this is an old game uh, so it's still around you can find it Unfortunately, I've not played this one. So that's number seven. Uh, number six is Race for the Galaxy Alien Artifacts. I think this is the first uh, not so good expansion for Race for the Galaxy. I remember not liking this one. Um, it, was, it had some neat stuff from what I remember, um, but this is definitely one I think folks can skip. You got I think you gotta be a huge Race for the Galaxy fanatic to enjoy it. Um, I don't remember hating it, but I remember just not being that enthused about it. I would much rather play these other ones. And I think this was the first one that started like a new arc of expansions because they had all the other expansions up to this, which you could theoretically play together. And then I think you could play with everything if you really wanted to, but I think for balance purposes, you want to start with alien artifacts and do the next couple after that. Um, and so that that's kind of there. But I think if you're like, a, if you love, love, love Race for the Galaxy, then I would not personally like to try to dissuade anybody from getting this it was all right but it just you start pushing too much stuff into an ex in a game and it's like ah i'm just i'm starting to go cross-eyed here so that's obviously number six on the list so still race is still hanging out number five now rex final days of an empire uh this is uh fantasy flights version of dune uh which is now published by gale force nine i think fantasy flight was really trying to get the dune license and basically reprint that probably with some tweaks and stuff but you know it was not to be to be had um but um you know gale force 9 has now got it just basically reprinted the old one from the 70s uh this is basically dune but in the twilight imperium universe not played it i've played dune um so i can speak to that dune is cool i think you want at least five or six players and give yourself a couple of hours because the game can kind of end um abruptly or it can go kind of long you know three hours or so lots of cool dynamics of having the ability to have you know two players win at the same time collectively or not or betray each other and kind of break and form alliances um and so in the case of dune you have like the sandworm kind of move around kind of generating a little bit of chaos and the spice blows in this one you have kind of a bombarding spaceship kind of wrecking havoc on the on rex the the mercantile rex the main planet of the game it is one that i would like to try but again dune exists so it's hard for me to get after this i think they print this still i'm not sure never really hear anybody talk about it especially now since gale force 9 reprinted dune and they've got a couple other versions of dune that are sort of you know wrinkles on that original game but yeah it's one that i would try i mean i would try it maybe i just in a perfect world where i had infinite time i would totally try it <laughs> yeah so number four star wars the card game uh that was that this one stayed around for a few years i this is one i did enjoy i did not play it um at this time i probably took me a year or so to get around to playing it they actually had kicked around the idea of doing a co-op star wars game that was going to be kind of patterned after the lord of the rings game Scrap that for whatever reason, and then now they made kind of a head-to-head -head competitive game, um, kind of in the same vein, but nothing mechanically like uh, Android Netrunner. So they had Netrunner come out uh, previously. And I believe the reason Netrunner wasn't on the anticipated list because nobody knew it was going to happen. Um, but Star Wars the card game, and I think this was on the anticipated list because of the co-op demo the year before at Gen Con, because <laughs> that's the demo I got. 
and then they everybody was anticipating that, and then they said, that's psych, it's a competitive game. A really cool competitive game it ended up being. Um, I liked it. A really neat deck building stuff. I think they've carried that through into some of their other games. I can't specifically remember one, but you would pick like, you'd pick sets of cards. So instead of adding individual cards to your deck, you'd pick like three locations or something, and then you'd get all the cards that go with that location. And that's how you build your deck. So you can mix and match the different locations. Really cool. Lots of lots of interesting interplay with like the force powers versus like, you know, sort of the physical combat. Kind of a neat idea there. Um, but it's gone away. It's, it's a, you know, they, they've, they've sunsetted the game. Now there's some Star Wars like deck building game coming up. I think it's going to be co-op. I'm not sure though. I could be wrong. So this one lasted around a little bit, but then, you know, Probably licensing things happen, sales kind of dwindled off. Okay, so now number two and three are the same game. So number three is Merchants of Venus, Merchant of Venus, the Fantasy Flight Games edition, and number two is Merchant of Venus, the Stronghold Games edition. Because at the time, there were some competing uh, licensing issues. I don't know how those were sorted out. They effectively co-published them. That's probably not 100% accurate. I think it ended up being a fantasy flight game. I mean, I could say something glib like because they have more money for lawyers. But, I mean, you know, but Stronghold was able to get some and sell them. And it was basically like two versions of Merchant of Venus. It was like the original one and then they had like a new version of it, like a modernized version. And I liked both of those. I think I ended up liking the more modern version a little bit better. Uh, really cool game. The, the original is very old. It's like from the 80s. And, you know, you cruise around and you deliver goods and pick up goods. And it's a pick up and deliver game. And, you you know, it's all in space and all this stuff. And it's honestly, I have not played it since back then. I only played it a couple times. Uh, and I liked it. It was good. It just, you know, it just wasn't something that was my favorite thing ever. And to stay on the shelf, that's all. Uh, but it's a good game. I, th- I don't know if this is, this is probably out of print, though. I don't think that... Um, I don't think this is really around too much anymore. It, it's a little bit of a beast. It's not too complicated, really. It's it's kind of a medium, maybe slightly heavy game. Um, it's a lot of fun. I really like it. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think this is around too much anymore. I could be wrong about that, but I don't really hear anybody talking about it. Uh, finally, number one is the Seven Wonders Cities expansion. And I remember I did not really care for this one. Obviously, Seven Wonders is still around. There's new editions of it. Uh, new editions of some of the expansions are coming. Um, I like the one after this. I like the one before it, the leaders one. That was neat, very simple, add in the leaders. Um, and then I like the one after it. I think it was right after it, or maybe it was two after it, called, I think it was Babel, where you had like this Tower of Babel, like this circle board thing, and you would rotate it and it would do different effects and stuff, and you could play cards to it. That acted added, added a nice wrinkle to this. This one I felt kind of muddied the waters a little bit. Um, yeah, I just didn't really care for this one, but I think I was in the minority in that case. But yeah, generally Seven Wonders, still been around. Seven Wonders Duel, I still have that. I love that. I love all the expansions for that. Um, you know, I was, I've been meaning to do a review of the latest expansion, just haven't really had the time. I got it and then we played it a bunch online and then, cause this was back during 2020, I think during the pandemic. And it was just like, you know, things kind of come and go. And I do recommend, you know, side sidetrack all the expansions for Seven Wonders Duel. I really like Seven Wonders Duel. I like it more than Seven Wonders, honestly. Uh, I still, I do really enjoy Seven Wonders. That game to me 
can kind of have really good or bad plays of it. I like that it plays seven people, but I don't really like playing with seven people that much. It's okay. Like, I don't mind it. I just feel a little bit detached from everybody on the other side of the table, that kind of thing. You got To me, it's like it's, it's like a perfect four or five player game. Three players is too little, you know. Um, it's just that's a personal thing for me to kind of really feel like the game is hitting its sweet spot. I need a very specific player count. Um, anyway, so that's uh, 2012. Um, and that's the list there. So we'll have another one, 2013, uh, next week. And there'll be links to all this stuff, the geek list and everything uh, below the video. Thanks.